Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero, the Dew Sweeper. You're listening to the Tour Coach Podcast, giving you insights into golf instruction at the highest level from on the PGA Tour to our learning center at Frederica Golf Club. Joining me now here on the Tour Coach Podcast, one of the great teachers in the game. He's just down the road from me in New Orleans, Louisiana. Actually, first time I've talked to him since uh, Drew Brees retired, so I'll get his insights on that. I'm in the car today with my dog Chip Shot driving down to Key West. So Brian Manzella, Golf Digest Top 50 instructor, Golf Magazine Top 100 instructor, and he's all over the Internet, Facebook, forums, been in those forums forever, does a great job over in New Orleans. Brian, how you doing, buddy, and thanks for sitting there with me. Great to be on the pod with you, bud. Yeah, absolutely. I've been wanting to do this, and I was trying to think of some different topics, and and we did. I tell people all the time, you really, truly are. You've been coming on my radio show, whether it was when we were on XM and PGA Tour Radio or in Mobile, I mean, for years. I mean, for 10 years, I think you've been coming on. Absolutely. And you're always always one of the best guests. You're most prepared. You always got great. Like, I never have to ask you for, like, come up with a topic. You always come up with a good one. And during the last time we were on the radio in Mobile, just in our conversation, you brought up a topic that I thought would be awesome for the podcast, and that was you made the comment that there's a lot of bad information out there. And uh, I'd love to explore your thoughts on that because I've said that before, too. I think that there's just lots of teaching fads out there. And, you know, like, I think there's a bunch of teachers – I'm not going to call names or anything, but I think there's a bunch of people that are like flash in the pans that have a little success with a guy, something works, and then everybody tends to run to them, and a bunch of tour players run to them, and, and, you know, maybe that matchup just worked right for the first guy or one guy, but then not everybody gets better. And to me, the true test of a great instructor is somebody that makes different types of people better, especially over a long period of time. Well, I don't think there's any, any doubt about it. You know, you're not going to get any argument from me. You know, I started off at, at driving ranges. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, regular driving ranges. And the interesting thing is I played music, too. You know, you could say for a living, but, you know, I wasn't making enough money to make a living. But, you know, I was doing that a little before I started teaching golf. And then the first couple of years I was teaching golf. And it's those two businesses. My brother's 10 years older than me, and he's a singer. I'm mostly a drummer. They were very similar back then (laughs) where, (laughs) you know, you you started a little band in in your garage and then, you know, you learned a few songs and then somebody said, hey, you know, they got a band. Let's have them play at our, you know, birthday party in the backyard. And then maybe you got a a little, you know, your school fair. In other words, you moved up. If you were good, you know, you added a couple of pieces to the band. You got some better equipment and you if you had any talent and you had any ability to make people enjoy listening, then you got better and better gigs. And that's kind of how the teaching business was, at least in my mind, you know, little part of the world that we're from is sort of like golf deprived compared to the Northeast. And you literally never heard of a teacher outside of your, you know, local area, unless they had had a lot of success with a lot of different players. Right. And then and then you went, you know, hey, you may maybe you get in the car and you drive down the road to see Joe Pascopoulos because he helped Pete, Jill, Ted and Oscar, you know, right, and right. Uh, those days are I don't want to say they're gone. But if you put a gun to my head and said, you got to spit out the next the last person that you ever heard of that 
that either I ever heard of or I think you ever heard of that kind of worked their way up that way, I got nothing for you. And I know a lot of teachers and I probably know a lot more about what the business part of it is than I ought to know, but I'm just kind of interested in it. And and for the folks listening, you just have to think about it for a second. Where did this idea come from and where did this person come from? And it really doesn't even matter who they're teaching at the time because anybody can help anybody. Right. I've said a million times, my mom's 90. She's still all there. God bless. If uh, the 100 best players in the world spent lunch with her for the next 100 days, she's got a job as a sports psychologist because a few of those players are going to really benefit and start playing better. Right. And she doesn't, she doesn't know anything about golf except, you know, she's a golf mom. <laughs> Other than that, you know, she never watched me play in a tournament. You know, she watched me give a couple of lessons, you know, in, 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 in the beginning of my career through a window. But but basically, the guy who's a 15 handicapper, who's a golf junkie, could tell John Rahm something that would click and he would go out and play next week. So when people are trying to look for this information that may be good, may be bad, then we can talk about it. You got to realize anything might work at the tour level. You could tell Jack Nicholas in his prime to move his head forward through the ball and he might go win a major. That doesn't mean moving the head, your head forward through the ball is a great idea for Mr. Faversham. It just not, might not be. So that, that's the first part. The second part is, you know, and I, I like to see both sides of the coin. If something is working for somebody and they're having success, there's a damn good reason, even if it doesn't right. seem like it's right. Right. You know, sure. That's, that's and, a great and, point, I think. And if you, again, without naming any names, there's some sure. people out there that nobody heard of five years ago that everybody's heard of now. And if you see some of the exaggerated poses that they do, you go, well, that's, that's just not, you know, didn't look like Nicholas to me. But if you are the kind of teacher that I am, and I'm not trying to say good or bad or ugly. I'm just saying I'll try frigging anything to help a golfer, anything. I'll lay on the ground. I don't care. I just don't care. You'll wind up doing the move that this teacher is famous for if the right guy comes to see you, if you have a wide open, you know, bag of tricks. So there's a difference between information that might only work for some percentage of people, 3%, 8%, and that's that's a low number. And then – Something that's just damn wrong. <laughs> There's stuff out there that's just not correct, and you can prove it. And you know what the weird part about that is, Tony, is even that might work for somebody. <laughs> the stuff that's just absolutely scientifically wrong, it still might work. 100%. And I think that's, you know, I'm not, I don't, as you know, we've known each other a while. I, I read all of the stuff on the forums, but I very seldom ever get in and argue, right? But... I like to to read as much as I can and listen to as much. And then with, you know, I just feel like the more, like you say, the more bag, more things you have in your bag of tricks, the more arrows you have in your quiver, like you never know when you're going to have that guy or, or girl that's like, you know, where you're kind of stumped and you're like, well, hell, I'll try this. <laughs> you know what I got to lose. And uh, uh, so, you know, that's, you know, that's kind of how, but I agree. There are things out there that I look at. That you're like, I mean, I, you know, I, I guess where I get down the road where I get skeptical of things is where you see people who seem to be doing every player, they try to do the same exact thing. Does that make sense? Then you know they're full of it. 
I mean, that's, I, I hate to say that, but that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a stone cold lock because right. if, you know, if you had somebody, let's say, I'm trying to think of the right example, but if you had Nicholas in his prime mm-hmm. and you had Johnny Miller in his prime and you were teaching both of those guys, okay, one's a lefty, Miller's left-handed, one's a righty, but very much a righty, by the way. But their swings were pretty similar. It wouldn't have messed you up to go figure something out that you're telling Miller and then tell Nicholas, even though, you know, you would have to, they would have to have the same problem at the same time. But let's just say you were teaching Hogan and Nicholas. Oh, no, no, (laughs) no, no. That's going to be two very, very different lessons. You you know, it just is. is. And then, and then, so that's the problem, right? People that, you know, would give, Charles Barkley and David Tom's the same lesson, right? The smoothest and the least smooth, <laughs> you know. Two Those are pretty extreme. Those are right? pretty extreme. And, and the odds are against it. Now, I'm not saying it, it couldn't happen. Just because somebody's swing looks a certain way doesn't mean that some sort of element that you would teach, let's just say, you know, uh, you know, just not to just talk in vague, vague terms all the time. I like to see the middle of the upper body get in front of the middle of the lower body in the middle downswing with a with a seven iron. Let's just throw a seven iron. Okay. God only knows if you went back in a damn time machine to 2000, much less 1983 or two or whatever the hell it was when I gave my first lesson, and you would have told me that I would be teaching that, I would say, are you crazy? That's the one thing in the world that's not right. But it is right. I mean, you can measure it now, and it is right. And and so that move, okay, so there's a move that you might get a lot of players to do at some point. But if you're giving somebody who's a straight-up over-the-top slicer, which, gee, will, because there's never going to – you're never running out of that group of people. No. It's the last thing in the world you would tell them in the first lesson you ever gave them. The last possible thing – you're going to get your up. They already have their upper body, upper body halfway down in the downswing too much. So that's where you'd make a guy worse by giving them some information that, you know, is obviously correct. It's what happened. That would work. That that's would work for David Toms. And it would make David Toms and Lucas Wall hit it better right now. And then this poor, really coordinated Alvin Kamara. Let's, I don't know if he's ever had a golf club in his hand, but boy, you like to teach <laughs> that cat, right? Because he do anything with a golf club that you wanted him to do. But if he he had played a little bit, you know, a couple of little scrambles here and there, and he had the funky grip, and he came over the top and sliced it, you'd probably be getting him to learn to, to get his lower body, which by the time you get to impact, you want your upper body behind your lower body. But I was talking about mid-downswing. You'd be working on that second part with Kamara if he's, you know, a new a new golfer who's a slicer. So you don't hear those conversations. This sounds – anybody listening to this? you know, to this podcast three weeks after we do it or three years after we do it. Some of this stuff sounds real basic, but if you go to these places where people actually talk about the golf swing, and we can talk about that that's kind of gotten killed in the last few years too, the actual golf swing discussion. But it sounds basic, but it never comes up. And if you made it come up, people would 
you know, oh, no, if it's right, it's right. If it's wrong, it's wrong. And and that's not real golf instruction. Real golf instruction is you may teach something you hate at 10 o'clock this morning because it works for that golf. Yeah, I, and I love this conversation, and that's one reason I enjoy. Uh, yeah, I enjoy this chatting with you because you know it, it all. You always, I will give say this: we don't always agree on things. We haven't always agreed, but you always make me think, right? Which is, I think, challenges me to become a better teacher, right? And what you said is true. Like the more things you learn and know, like you have access to something that you wouldn't normally teach and you hate, not your preference or whatever. But, man, it might help the guy at 10 o'clock this morning, you know? Well, I generally don't like real flat backswings, okay? Mm-hmm. There's, there's one, right? So when I started at English Turn, I think one of the ways that I think they were waffling on whether they wanted to bring another teacher in, David Toms knew Derek Sanders, who was a pro at that point. I think David – I never asked David this. It's none of my – you know, he was just here for yeah. five hours in the studio, you know, two weeks ago working on his game. But he's the guy you don't really ask favors for because when you need one, he's going to be there for you. In this case, he, he, you know, he made the phone call. And I think one of the things he did was he told Derek, hey, you know, are you stupid? I mean, you know, you like to play. He's going to help you, you dummy. Right. So early on, you know, obviously you got a good player at the head pro at your facility and, you know, everybody struggles. I don't care if, you know, if Sergio was a head pro at your facility, he'd, he'd say, come take a look, Tony. <laughs> you know, right. so He's been striping it since 1980. So Derek Swing is very flat, short and flat. I don't like short and I don't like flat. And now I think I've had him hit it pretty good, you know, over time that I've Helped him, you know, especially when he was there. So the point is, what are you going to do? No, you can't swing this way. Get your arms up. This is how he plays golf. This is it. Don Rahm ain't cupping his left wrist at the top, bro. I don't give a damn how much you think you teach it, and it's been holy grail that you're going to go from, you know, right. arched halfway back to cup and back to arch. John Rahm ain't doing it. Yeah. So now what are you going to do, Mr. Teacher or Miss Teacher, that, that teaches cup left wrist at the top? Are you going to punt? So when I started and wanted to try to become as good as I could become, I made the conscious decision that I wanted to be able to go walk the T-line at a tour event and help Cal Quebecia and then go help, you know, the late Rocky Thompson, who's just you know, passed away, and Bob Gilder, and then go give, you know, Littler a lesson, right? I mean, that's, right. otherwise, to me, how could you be the best teacher if you couldn't give all of those people a lesson? And there are people who everybody thinks is great teachers. And even those people tend to try to do the same thing to everybody. Like, oh, everybody has to get wide in a downswing. Again, no names, and you could fill in the blanks if you want to. But hey, I can think of a lot of guys who were narrow in a downswing and one major. So maybe they just needed to be tweaked a different way. And, and I think when you're a golfer, and this the reason we're having this conversation, right, and, and Tony, please correct me, <laughs> other than just to – you know, spit our opinions out there is when you're a golfer and you're now got the internet and you can learn anything on the internet in five seconds, might not be right, but you can, you can go, you can go get information on it, how to build a bomb. Okay. That's on there. <laughs> I don't think it's a good idea, but it's there, but it's on there. So yeah. it's on there. So you decided, you know, I want to play better golf. I want to go from 15 to five. I want to go from five to scratch, whatever it is. There's a lot of information out there, and you just have to think about where the information is coming from and what's some examples. 
you know, if this has worked for somebody who did what I'm doing right now. I'm the person looking for the help. And you hear this word, and, and Tony used it a second ago, matchups. It's kind of a goofy term. Obviously, everything has to match up. If you take somebody right. who's hit it perfectly straight with a strong grip and you weaken their grip, they're probably not going to hit it perfectly straight. So you just unmatched them, <laughs> right? But, but at the end of the day, that that is what a golf swing is. It's unbelievable amounts of little bitty things that you can alter. And when you wake up in the morning, sometimes they alter themselves and they don't stay in the same place. It's like gardening. I've always said, not like building buildings. And so when you're out there looking for this information that we're saying maybe a little shady, remember, could be right for you. And where the heck is it coming from? Two most important questions you have to ask. You know, the internet, the information out there, it's not going away, right? So we have to, as teachers, you know, you have to learn how to address it with students because I'm sure, like you, I mean, I've had people leave a lesson and then they come back in three weeks or a month later and they say, you know, I know you had me doing this, but I was watching Instagram and this guy's got this, this, this. Why don't I try that? You know, and I always tell folks that, you know, like the internet and golf instruction to me is like your Walgreens. Like you could go in there and everything in there, I mean, it might work if that's what's wrong with you, you know? But if you went in there and took everything in the Walgreens or you took something that was the opposite of what was wrong with you, you know, I think that's one of the dangers of the internet. That's why folks need people like you or people like me or, or whoever to help, like you said, the matchups to help find you know, help put you in the right aisle and get you the right decongestant if you're stuffed up, you know? No doubt about it. And one of the things that teachers, because I'm sure there are plenty of golf pros that listen to this mm -hmm. podcast, this is a big pet peeve of mine. Tell everybody who your sources are. It doesn't take anything away from you. You think that some, you know, they say George Benson was playing at little dive bars when he was just as good as the first time you ever heard him on national TV. and do you think that, you know, you got this nice place down the road, right? The bigger venue pays the talent a lot more money, and they go listen to George Benson, he's just tearing it up. And you go, geez, man, where's this guy at, right? Do you think that while he's about to walk up to Benson on a on a break and say, hey, George, you know, I got the, you know, Tony's hot spot down the street here in Mobile. We'd like to have you, you know, come out for about – six shows and we're going to pay you triple what you're making right now. Do you think that that Tony guy that's waiting for Benson to get on a break cares if Benson says, now here's a lick I learned from BB King. Are you kidding me? It's like, that. <laughs> it wouldn't even even right. hit your, so it would help people to know where things came from. I've always done it and hurt my career. Any, if you could probably find a hundred things that people don't like about me, and I don't think that's on the list. <laughs> and that's a long list, right? There's a hundred things. But no, nobody's going to say, yeah, you know, he gives people credit too much that he learns stuff from. I mean, give me a break. And because if somebody's out there actually researching, they might not take a lesson from Tony or Brian, but they you know, might try some idea that Tony or Brian has in a video. Oh, okay, because there's videos out there, right? Then wouldn't it be helpful to go, well, this is where the information came from. It wasn't just some guy that nobody ever heard of five years ago that invented this out of thin air. And if look, if you invented a teacher I'm talking to right now, whoever you all, all are, boy and girl, you may have come up with it. 
then give that story. It ain't going to hurt your career. It ain't going to hurt your Instagram followers to do a dang video and go, here's the first time I did it. Because, you know, that will help the person. You always think, well, I don't want them to go to that person. Well, look, they're going to leave anyway. There's two kinds of students, those who have left and those who are going to leave. So is this not fair to borrow information without some kind of attribution. I'd be fine with a check, too, by the way. I'd like to get credit when you're stealing my ideas, but I'd take a check. So, you know, they got people out there that are doing videos with terms I invented. Not ideas, terms I invented. They're using the term. You think it would make, I mean, maybe it would make 1% of the people go, oh, he got this from Manziel. I can't stand that Italian loudmouth. Okay. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think people want to get better. And I think people take lessons and go try something from a guy they don't even like if it'll make them better, you know? I know uh, I, know I, I would. I, I'd be in the car right now. <laughs> I know I try to do that. I, I mean, and I'm, I'm sure I'm not perfect. I know that. My three ex-wives would 100% agree with you. But, like, I try very hard to always give credit to the people that have had an influence and that I've gotten, you know, I, you and I've talked, like, Hank Johnson was my longtime mentor. We don't see eye to eye necessarily anymore. But, I mean, I never, if, if I'm teaching something that I learned from him, I always say, this is something that my mentor, Hank Johnson, taught me. And, I mean, today, still today, I still do it or, or whatever. I learned this from Colby Touye when we worked with tour players and fitness. I mean, I just think that's the way you all should operate in business anyways. <laughs> it's not only the right thing to do, it, it helps them. It helps the person that's doing the research because people, they will try almost anything to get better at golf. And to mm-hmm. me, I said this, you know, talking about the forums and stuff like that on Facebook, you know, I like to get something that'll tweak everybody. But I really think the number one problem in golf instruction is that not enough people have really seen you know, a, a couple, let's say one would, would do you a little bit of good, but a, a few really good lessons. That's it. I mean, where are you going to go? Okay, you just started playing golf, Alvin Kamara. You want to watch a couple of lessons. Actually, you want to watch 20 lessons, and then you're going to figure out, you know, this is my, my cup of tea. I'm going to look for either that person or somebody that does something like that person. Where exactly are you going to see that? The Golf Channel, God bless them you know, more or less went out of business and they're just on the air now because they overpaid for that those T V rights, but they've never put a live lesson on in thirty years. Why are they so scared? I mean, just because you might tank a lesson and it happens, sheesh for sure. Right? No none of us bat a thousand. But Johnny Carson's jokes wasn't always funny and you still turned him on every dang night. And he was such a good performer that it would be even entertaining when he was tanking. Correct. So, you know, I know somebody or on that thread or whatever was saying, oh, but this, this, you know, this guy puts up live lessons and this guy puts up, they put up lessons of people that can beat me. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not that good a player, but I mean, I'm a pretty good player and a better ball striker than I'm a player because I don't get to play much anymore. I don't teach that many people that can beat me. So right. what good does it do to see now listen, I'm not I'm all for, you know, putting up golf swings if if people were gonna leave your students alone and you're just gonna show here's what I think is good, here's Joe, Pete, Ted, and Oscar. Because I know you do right. that. But but it's not the whole lesson. You know, it's not the whole no. lesson with 
you know, Mr. Fabersham who's slicing it. And I think that the reason that that's the case, the reason that you can't go out and find a bunch of lessons to, to watch either live or taped or whatever is because it's just a whole lot easier for the teacher to go from, I think I'm going to teach golf to tour credentials without actually having to teach good. And it's easier for the magazines and the golf channel to put somebody in a magazine or on a golf channel and make them into a star because they want to make them into a star more than they deserve to be made into a star. And that's just how it is. And, and, and you can't fool enough people in anything else because there's just too much more of it. Golf instruction is this little bitty business inside this little bitty sport. You can't do that in music. There's American right. Idol and 16 other shows that are looking for people that are only good in their garage, but should be world famous. And then you can go to a city like Nashville and New Orleans and walk up and down some street in Frenchman Street and listen to 10 bands that better than anybody you ever heard in your life. And so you can't get fooled, but you can get fooled in this business really, really fast. And the problem is that everybody's only got so much time to work on their golf game. And if you go up some bad roads, man, you, you know, it's going to take a long time to go back the other way. I agree with that. And I, I agree with you a thousand percent on that. And to touch on what you mentioned, like about Instagram and my stuff, like I, we talked about this in the New Orleans airport one time. I never, I never, I put swings of guys up. I never put with my tour players what I'm working on because I don't want some guy that's never taught anybody to start chiming in on what he thinks they should be doing and the player read it. And, you know, players are fragile as they are. Tour players, right? Right, And then they miss a cut this week, and then they have to be reading it, and then they're like, well, I mean, maybe maybe Tony's wrong. Maybe I should be doing that, right? Like, I'm just not going to open myself or the player up to that from somebody that I don't trust. And I've many a time, probably as I would say not, I mean, I do it a lot, send videos to people and ask opinions. But I want people that I can trust and that I know are good at what I've sent videos to you before over the years and asked an opinion, you know, but you do that in private and you know, I, you I've, don't got, want I've got a, I've got an all-star team on this phone. I could blow up the business room. <laughs> That's just not right. I mean, somebody's asking you for their opinion, but I mean, right. it's, a, it's, it's, you'd be impressed out there folks. Say <laughs> this little Italian guy's got a lot of people on his phone going, what do you think? So but, you, but Tony's you, right. Tony's right. There was a famous, well, infamous website wasn't mine it was a competitor of mine there was an infamous website that taught an infamous method and had a tour player of some repute as the official tour player of this particular teacher and website who was on tour and he was going to report weekly on his swing from the tour at work for about a month he got deluged. These were fans. Now, this was a fan site. So it's like Tony taking Lucas Glover and Lucas Glover going weekly to talk about what Tony's talking about with another thousand golfers who love Tony. And it still was the worst idea in the history of mankind. I, got, I guarantee you, never to be, has never been tried again and never probably really. won't. The right. number one reason I don't do it is. People who want to do you harm business-wise will look yeah. up students. I had a guy that came to me. 
he was a real talented guy, had made some money on the stock market and was going to try to play. We get those people all the time. They're 35 years old and they can't beat you, but they want to play the tour. This guy actually had enough talent. It wasn't a million to one. It was a half a million to one. And he was about a five. And three years later, he shot 68-67 in a stroke play tournament to win. I've never yeah. shot that. I've never shot that. I've never shot two rounds in the sixties in a row in the tournament of my life. So that guy, I didn't even mention his name and some troll looked him up and then couldn't find him and found the wife and went to their Facebook page and blah, blah, blah. So there's a kind of, there's one of the reasons why I don't do it. You know what I mean? Like there's enough weirdos out there that, you know, but this, this guy that I was talking about, Tony, the, the tour player that was on that website, he thought he was going to have fun with it. And, Nobody owns this game. You get one bad thought in your head and you miss a couple of cuts and then it's, you know, you, you know, you know as good as anybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Agree. And, you know, the thing that troubles me is that, I mean, I'm just not like, but like how many people try to use some of the things where people like you, I would say you're a person that's trying to help other teachers. You put information out, a lot of information that, like, you're not going to get compensated necessarily. You mentioned, like, give you credit or mail a check. But where people are... I'll take a pizza. I'll take a good pizza. Give me a good pizza. Right. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not... You you put some stuff out. Not everybody's going to give you credit. You know that, but you enjoy doing it. It's You're passionate about it. I respect the shit out of you for that. But, like, that people will use that to try to hurt your business, right, and to take shots and stuff. And I think that's when you've made comments before, like, well, people don't discuss golf instruction as much. And I think that's one reason the guys that are reasonably successful sometimes shy away from it because you put stuff out there and people take shots at you instead of trying to learn or whatever, they try to take shots at you to hurt your business for their own benefit. And I think that's just that's part of the world we live in. Well, and, and a lot of times, those, sometimes those people are golf pros. A lot of times, those people are just not golf pros. I, I've seen, you know, I've yeah. seen you on on Facebook, you know, get attacked by guys that couldn't break a hundred at a real course, yeah. and you know, that's page from the ladies' tees. And right? I didn't so, know who that guy was. You actually texted me on the side and said, "Hey, that guy cost me a million. That guy cost me a million dollars. That guy he's a professional troll, and now he's a professional troll for a person." who is a professional troll who gets paid for it on TV. So I'm just not going to mention any names. But the point is, there are people out there who for no reason will go after you. And you, if you want to be on the Internet, I don't think that's what killed so, – so it's part of being on the Internet. I don't think that's what killed golf instruction. What killed golf instruction is, and I'm part of the reason how this happened, so golf instruction discussion on the Internet died the day that science got involved because scientists – or university people, I know teachers at universities, some of them make pretty good money. I don't think it's that lucrative a career, you know. But Harmon's making more money than Stephen Nesbitt, even though Stephen Nesbitt makes a damn lot of money. So just they're the the two top guys, but it's still, right? When these guys figured out that they could have a side hustle of going around doing seminars, then everybody got on these little – And if Tony Ruggiero was saying, I think the best way to fix a slicer is strong grip. And I, Banzella goes, Tony, you're full of it. I say, 
weak grip, so they have to learn to square the club face up twice as much as the strong grip guy. That's a legitimate argument. Two guys with too much time on their hands, it'd be in the <laughs> argument, with too much weight above their belt, right? <laughs> with too many lines, with too many, I'm talking about me too, with too many lines on their face, but 40,000 plus golf lessons to back up their opinion, which probably there's some, you know, right on both of on both sides. I'm not saying that that's what I teach slicers or that's what Tony is. I'm just making up a good, a good, but when, when somebody says science says a, and you say science says B, the discussion is over unless everybody opens up their books. And let me just tell you this, Frederick Tuxen, there's nobody in the world. He's the guy that invented track, man. There's nobody right. in the world that ever came up with a product that's helped so many people in my lifetime that's taken as many shots. That product, there's a forum for like high-end, you know, simulators. If you mention the word track, man, a hundred people go, it's this and that. And it's, it's unbelievable. And this guy came up with something that I know that one of the most important things I ever got my hands on. So it's part of the deal, but you, Frederick ain't, ain't telling you how he does it. Now I'm just letting you know, <laughs> there's no chance, you know, that that's going to happen. And, and if there are people, the problem with me and Tony arguing, not the problem, the actual good thing about me and Tony, if we were arguing this, you got two guys with similar careers, similar amounts to gain and similar amounts to lose. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a fair fight. If you get some cat like the guy that went after you, who's going after a bunch of people, what does that guy have to lose? He's a 18 handicapper on a good day. You know, yeah. wakes up in the morning and looks at himself and he ain't the best looking dude in the world. Not that either one of us are, but I tell you what, I'll take that guy, you know, I'll, get, I'll have a beauty contest against him any day. So what, you, what you've got is he has nothing to lose, and Tony has everything to lose. So how the heck is that a fair, fair fight? With, and that, the problem with that is there's a lot of good that comes from golf instruction debate among people who have a clue. There's a lot of good that comes of it, and the good that used to come of it, and it ain't coming of it right now because there's a couple of people out there who – some of them are golf pros and some of them just cat that we keep talking around. We ain't going to give them any press. But the point is there's a couple of people who are such trolls <laughs> and they're, they have apparently don't care what happens to them that they have ruined the, the discussion. You just don't even want to get into discussion. Only, the only thing you can do is just block them or something like that. And then there's no discussion as soon as you block somebody. And the unfortunate part is when I go back and look and I kept the whole thing up, my old Manzella forum, you know, my V bulletin forum, the discussions were great. I mean, sometimes it was, you know, your mama wears army boots, but mostly there's something to learn from whether or not fixing a slicer with a strong grip or a weak grip is right. And, and yeah. those kind of things have gone away because, I, you know, Instagram, I still don't really understand why Instagram became such a big thing in golf instruction, but <laughs> is there really any discussion if somebody puts up a bit, I mean, there's a couple of people that'll take a shot. Everything's written in like two point type on my phone anyway. So unless you got like supervision, you're not reading that stuff on Instagram. You're just watching the little one minute video and you're going, I think I'm going to go try that on a driving range. But man, you know, back in the day when, you know, there was real forums out there, you would put something up and there would be like a 20 page 
40,000 word thread where legitimate golf pros were asking questions or making comments or maybe add a boy in you. And then, and then there were people who thought you were full of it and you would defend yourself. And there was some good that came of it. And that, that has gone away. It would be nice for it to come back. I don't know exactly how that would happen, but people need to understand when they look at I me, mean, the thesis of what we're trying to say is, is that you can fake it on the internet a lot faster. You can fake it in front of somebody giving a lesson. There's, there's just no, no doubt about that. And you, and you, you know, you probably need to do your research before you get in an airplane and, you know, fly across the country for a lesson. And for the teachers that are listening, cause we, you know, I, I get a lot of comments from people that teach as we kind of wrap this up, but, you know, I encourage people, I still do, I said this on your Facebook page, I still go a couple times a year to watch, observe other great teachers, right? Because I think the best thing in the world to learn is to watch somebody that's good at what they do. And like you said, you may not always agree with everything, but you can still learn something. And I've, I've driven to New Orleans before and watched you teach golf for an afternoon. And I think that it would benefit way more people, like you said, watch people give lessons to go do that than just take for granted everything that a guy puts up on the internet is is how they teach, what they teach, or that it's actually working. And realize that even if somebody put up a live lesson on the internet, they know it's on the internet. So is that the way they're going to be when you show up and that lesson's not on the internet? You, know, you see what I'm saying? It's like uh, the day where they would let the parents in at school. Man, my teachers were never so nice to me. Yeah. <laughs> with, with about four parents in the back of the room, I was going like, what? What's going on here? Why are you being so nice? Oh, oh, oh yeah. You know, Lawrence Coy and Ted Roach's mom's in the back. <laughs> That's why, because, you know, the, the parents are here today. So, you know, there's another thing, right? You know, but at the end of the day, the information is there. You just might have to dig a little bit more because there's more of it, but it's there. Absolutely. Brian, awesome stuff. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're busy this morning as I'm driving. Appreciate it. And I appreciate all the, over the years, the time you've taken to sit in with me on the radio. It's fun. I always learn something. And hopefully we can get together down the road. Things are returning back to normal and teach some golf. Absolutely, Tony. And, you know, keep it up, buddy. You keep moving up in the business, and uh, I'm one of your biggest fans. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Tour Coach with Tony Ruggiero. If you enjoyed this, make sure to hit subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening to this podcast, you can stay up to date because we have weekly episodes coming your way with fascinating people in the world of golf instruction at the highest level. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. If you want to learn more about Tony, head over to dosweepersgolf.com to get all the details on what he's up to. Maybe you want to see him, grab a lesson, or go to one of his camps, pick up his book, Lessons from the Legends. You can do that there. If you want to see Tony in action with some videos and other content, head over to golfsciencelab.com slash Tony to get more info there. This episode was powered by the Golf Science Lab and was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. We go into year two of the tour coach, it wouldn't be possible without the support of all our sponsors. And I've had some great ones. And one of the things that I'm most proud of in my career and in my business is the fact that all of my relationships here and all these sponsorships have been long time, long withstanding relationships, haven't jumped from sponsor to sponsor and manufacturer to manufacturer. And I've always prided ourselves 
in special relationships and when people work together, support each other, and we've all put out great products for the benefits of everybody else. So I want to give a special thanks to these folks that have been with me for such a long time, and that would be the folks at Shrixon, Cleveland Golf, and Zexio. Couldn't ask for a better manufacturer to be aligned with. And not only do they put out great product and great support, but they're first-class people and they believe in what we're doing here on the Tour Coach and with the Dew Sweepers and also Vineyard Vines. Ian, Shep, TJ, and all the folks at Vineyard Vines, it's hard to keep me looking good, but they do a fantastic job. And they're like family. They support everything on the Dew Sweepers, and we're so proud to be affiliated with and support the folks at Vineyard Vines. So if you're out there, you're listening to the Tour Coach, please support our sponsors Tricks on Cleveland Golf Zexio, as well as Vineyard Vines. And keep listening and keep enjoying hanging out with us here on the Tour Coach.